Welcome to the Cinematic Adventures podcast. Um, and today we we will be discussing my film project for this year. I'm Daniel, and I'm JP. I um I I, I I've been wanting to explore um, film as a concept, as like a full dedication. Go through every decade, figure it out. How did film evolve from its beginnings to now? Was there always terrible movies or was there like a period of time when they were all great? And then I decided that that's very hard. And also most movies are boring. You sound like a film student. Uh, I am a film student, self-taught. But by self-taught, I mean mainly listening to you. <laughs> so, okay. so um, I watched, so um, I covered the 80, I, I watched, a hundred uh, films from the 1800s, and then I realized that they are all the same movie. All of them. Yeah, um, okay. When you say you watched a hundred, what you mean is you watched more like a hundred minutes because they were each like a minute long. Yeah, so here's, here's the thing. That's all the films in the 1800s. They're all between like one and 15 minutes. I think the longest one that I saw was 20 minutes, and that was um, the filmmaker we're going to discuss today, which is George uh, Millais. Nailed it. Promise. Don't look it up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he's, a French, he's a French filmmaker. And when everyone was making films like Man Walks Upstairs, Woman Walks Downstairs, Dog Runs, and Horse Gallops, which is the first film, um, he was making things. He thought, well, I'm a magician, so why don't I use this new technology to do magic? And so he did. So he's, he's the most interesting filmmaker from the 1800s because he's like, what if we use this to tell stories? You like stories. He's the one who did, um, who did the, the, what is it called? The moon one? It's called it was a, trip a Trip to the Moon. Yeah, Trip to the Moon. Yeah, yeah it which came is, out in 1902. Yeah. That's I the one with the... The thing crashing into the moon, the, like the moon is a face, and oh, then there's God, the, the thing crashing great. into the face. Yeah. So, yeah, so he did, um, okay, sure, we can start with that, because this is his most famous one. Came out in 1902, it's called A Trip to the Moon. Moon has a face, the, uh, the rocket crashes into the eye. It's yeah. ridiculous and fun, like most of his movies. Um, it's, yeah. really, it's really fun. The, um, they all come out, and it's the 1800s, so they're like, uh, they're all rich, upcast, they're all in suits and ties, running around the moon, and then they get chased by aliens, and they have to fight aliens on the moon, because, obviously. But it's okay, because they make it back. Aha, uh -huh, they make it back. And um, it's weird that that's his most famous one. Well, it's not. Uh, it's not, not really. like, surprising, but it's weird that it's his famous one, because or ironic. I guess it's properly ironic, because most of his movies involve, like, religion and magic uh when this one is uh full fully science fiction yeah but it's okay so the other thing about him and we pronounce his name differently because oh please you please give me the correct pronunciation please well i'm i'm not saying mine is correct but i would pronounce it georges millier 
Yeah, that because one. He, I, I knew I knew I was pronouncing it wrong. But um, he, I think that it's he's the most famous because he's the one who created editing. Yeah. He, for, do you know the story of how he created cutting? Uh, well, yeah, it was an accident. Um, but you, I'll let you go through it because this is your project. Oh my God! It was I saw that movie. Uh, so basically, he was doing what everyone did, which is film stuff for like a minute because that's how long film goes for. So he was filming the street and the camera jammed. And then um, when he turned back on and started filming again, the shots were instantaneously changed, which was very surprising. Um, and he said that uh, men turned into women, children uh, turned into adults, adults turned into children. But the, the carriage that he was filming turned into a hearse, which freaked him out, which is great. <laughs> um, so he did that and he's like, I wonder what else I can do. So he invented. That was like smoke. the beginning of a narrative for uh, being filmed. Yeah, it's really interesting how influential he was to future filmmakers. Like, um, have you seen Hugo? I have not. At least I don't yeah. think I have. Wait, was that the um, cartoon? No. Oh, then no. Hugo I don't think so. Is a? Is it? I don't think it is. No, it's live action, probably. It's live action, but uh, there's an image of a trip to the moon in that film, and it was on in like a music video. So people know this movie, or at least that image, um, and it's an iconic image. And uh, it's really silly. They run around, they uh, get chased by aliens, and they go home. And um, the fact that he took this this um, medium and was like, I can do stuff like for this that isn't just film stuff that exists, like documentaries but like one shot for like archiving stuff, but like to tell stories. And he was the first filmmaker. Yep. I think. Uh, yeah, he and, pretty much invented it. So yeah. He, he was um, very popular and influential from his day. Uh, a Trip to the Moon, uh, since we're still focusing on that, um, A Trip to the Moon was stolen by um thomas edison because he's a douchebag and he's like i made this film and i'm like fuck you yeah edison's he he was pretty douchey he stole a lot of stuff like uh most of the things that he claims to have invented he he was an inventor but he was also a thief he was more he was more uh what's his name steve jobs yeah uh, tesla what? like legit created stuff but what like uh thomas edison like he, he didn't, rather than, like, create stuff authentically, it's more like he took other people's inventions and, like, connected them. Yep. So he, like, he was still an innovator in that he made connections, but not necessarily, like, inventions in the same sense. Like, he gets credit for the light bulb when he, invent, he didn't invent the whole thing. Anyway, we're getting off topic. Going back. Um, so, the, yeah, I, I say that he created, that uh, Georges Millet created film because... He, before that, like you said, movies were literally just here are people walking. They were just actually they were just motion pictures, literally motion pictures. It was pictures that were moving, and then he was the first one to give that a narrative and to use editing and cre he created special effects. Yeah, he so, um, he added film. Uh, you know it. He's he, the father of modern cinema. He blacked out. Um, what he wanted to change and then use double exposure in order to create ghosts and um, 
he's very famous for uh, decapitating people and using their heads to keep moving around. So, um, he did a movie called One Man Band, which is him uh, like on the drums and then it's like a ghostly image of him and he's sitting and he creates this entire band, which is just him playing different instruments. Yep. Um, so um, what else did you watch? Oh, did we properly explain your, uh, your thing, like what you're going to do? I don't think we did. Yeah. We just kind of glossed over. So every month, instead of going through like a decade, which was my original plan, um, I'm going to focus on one specific filmmaker or actor or actress to discuss their work as a whole. George Miller-Hayes, um, do you know how... Okay, so stuff I didn't realize going into this was, one, some of these films are in color, and two, most of these movies have sound because films were never silent. They were presented with, like, a live band, and so people got the audio track from... Um, from that was part of the experience and then when they made a copy of it they added the audio track in yeah or they um later they just like how how film is done now is it's all completely separate so it's not like they film it and then you see what they filmed they do like adr and post and they do you know that's why like for the things that you hear on film that they actually do film that you see they have like everybody's mic'd up and everything because just the regular sound if you just turn on a camera the sound is crap so the sound is separate and um back then like you said they had they, eventually they started recording it and playing the recording along with the film so they're still they they were always on separate tracks but um silent movies just meant that in, like instead of hearing people talk like you do now, you would see like narration and then you would hear music. They, they were never silent. You always heard something. Um, these ones didn't have the, um, the title cards. So you never know what they're saying. They just do big expressions. So you get the, um, you get the feeling for it. Um, Singing in the Rain uh, did a great, like funny adaption of this, of making a silent film and all the big things that they had to do. Um, one of his best props was The Moon, from A Trip to the Moon, but it was also in um, a few others that he did, uh, like The Astronaut's Dream. That was the same moon? Uh, yeah, The Astronomer's Dream uh, used that prop, I think, first. Let me check. Uh, yeah, he used it first. It was in 1898. Uh, he used that prop. That prop is huge by the way, it's not just like held up close to the camera to make it look big. It's fucking giant. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's supposed to be the moon. So, you know. I mean, I guess it's, but I didn't, ex I thought that it was like a, a small prop that he could manipulate, but nope, he had that giant prop on his stage. Um, all of his movies were filmed on his stage. Uh, and it, he did, a, he did tons. Um, a lot of them are magic tricks because he was an illusionist. Um, and so he did magic tricks, but like used cutting to make people disappear and levitate and stuff. But a lot of his movies are, are simply magic tricks. Okay. Pause for a sec. Okay. Hey, Jackie. Yep. I think this is boring and a terrible idea. <laughs> I mean, it's fun to talk about for like five minutes. What are we going to talk about this for an hour? What are we doing? <laughs> Okay, so the reason why we're laughing is because we just paused the podcast to have a conversation about 
what the hell are we doing? This is the most boring episode we have ever done. We can talk about this for five minutes. And since we're not segueing into editing or special effects or other dynamics of filmmaking, because we weren't really prepared for that, I thought he was going to talk about the 1800s and the 58 movies that he saw. And he I was like, I was too, but I'm like, there really isn't anything. Most other filmmakers just film stuff that was around. <laughs> they film people walking, and that's boring as sin. And the yeah. and uh, George Millais is the best filmmaker, and all of his movies are magic, ghosts, or the devil, or a trip to the moon, which we talked about. So fuck it. <laughs> Okay, so what else are we going to talk about? This will be our first impromptu podcast. So what's okay. going on? All right. So, so. what did we talk about? Uh, have you seen, do you uh, watch movies about filmmakers? Because that seems like um, a good segue. Documentaries. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I watch some. It depends. Um... How about this? What movies have you seen lately that are longer than 10 minutes long? Um, I tried to watch Fargo, but that woman's voice really bugs me, even though the rest of the movie was really good. And then... Uh, so I that stopped. movie is awesome! I, 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 know, I know objectively that that's true, but that voice annoyed the shit out of me. It sounded like a stereotypical Canadian voice, and I'm like, if you guys are just passing off this American accent for Canadians, you can piss off. No, it's Fargo is in North Dakota, which yeah. is in North America, north of the U.S., which is neighbor to Canada, which is why the accent sounds so familiar. But no, it's not. So that accent, like people in North Dakota sound like they're doing a not good version of a Canadian accent, but it's their accent. All right. Well, <laughs> sorry, North Dakota, but like, no. But she I said mean, yeah five million times in ten minutes. Okay, so here's what's funny. This is coming from the guy who said Saturn instead of Saturn. Well, I can't hear my own voice. That's your problem. Oh, for fuck's sake. Anyhow, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, it, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. Like, I'm hearing the Aussie pronounce weird shit going, I can't stand that pronunciation. Okay, whatever. Fargo. I don't watch hilarious. Australian movies either, but mainly there because, because they're bad. That too. Um, okay, so recently I've seen uh, what I see. I saw Uncut Gems. I saw The Gentleman, and I saw Bad Boys for Life. So um, okay, so tell me about Bad Boys for Life because I want to see Uncut Gems. I want to see The Gentleman, but I I have no interest in Bad Boys for Life. You can try and convince me otherwise if you like. No, I mean, it's it's a good movie. I will, I liked it. Um, it's, I, we already talked about Uncut Gems, didn't we? Uh, we, didn't we talk about did. That? You uh, had that on your um, best of the year or most anticipated list. I didn't, though. No? I, did, I had it on my most anticipated list. It wasn't on my best of the year. Because okay, I hadn't seen so it yet. Talk about Uncut Gems, because that sounds but, really interesting. And Adam Sandler is one of those people that's like in a box. And I hate it when he's in that box. But whenever he goes outside of the box, I'm like, that's relatively interesting. What's with all the fart jokes? Um, like he did a movie I called Click. Him in the box. Yeah, he put himself in that box ever since SNL. I feel like you SNL. put him in the box. Well, he, he didn't put himself, put himself in the box. 
He, he, he's you like, I'm doing stuff. I'm, I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot, but I'm likable. And I'm an average Joe, but I'm dating all these hot babies. It's going to be good. He sucks. Um, his character sucks. His like personality it sucks. But apparently, he's super nice to work with, which makes sense considering that he's making terrible movies and he still gets money. And um, Uncut Gems is something that people like, he deserves an Oscar. And I'm like, that guy? Really? Uh, he's very good in it. It's a very disturbing film, though, dude. It's Ooh. like, oh, it's oh, it's so uncomfortable to watch. Oh, the whole thing. Like, honestly, for a third of this movie, I was like, I want to go. I don't want to see the rest of this. And it was, yeah. I, I'm a not very interesting experience. Yeah. Well, okay. Here's the thing. It's a, it's is the movie good? Yes. Um, the reason why I was very uncomfortable is because I don't like watching people self-destruct and that's what it seems like is happening for a good portion of the film and you're like oh no don't do that don't do that and then he does it and you're like don't do that and then he does it and he just keeps and you're just like i can't watch this i can't i can't i, I don't like it's like having that friend that like stays in a relationship and you're like, that's a toxic relationship. You got to get out of that relationship. And they're like, but I love her. And like, <laughs> you're just like, no, believe it. Like, that's what it's like. And you're like, you're, you're watching from the silence and you're like, okay. And that person keeps talking to you about the other person. And you're like, dude, just leave them. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it, but they won't listen. But then you're still there because you're still friends. And you're like, no, oh, just leave them already. Like, that's what watching this movie feels like. And you're just like, no, oh, they won't listen to me. So, <laughs> that's a very, very, it's a very interesting uh, emotion to, um, to focus on, for a movie to focus it, on. For like a, honestly, for a good third of the movie, I was just like, no, nah, I don't want to, no, I don't want to see what happens. Because he keeps doing the thing, and don't do the thing. And he does the thing. And I'm like, stop doing the thing. Cause it's gonna end badly, and then he does the thing, and then I'm like, "This is why it's it's one of those like this is why you can't have nice things moments." It's because you keep doing the thing, and it's just oh, it's very frustrating, and I was just very uncomfortable. But I mean, but it it it, it, it wants you to feel that way, so you know, kudos. Um, I just don't like feeling that way. I hate that. So, but you being the strange old freako that you are, will probably love it. Well, I've never, I've never felt uh, that feeling before. It'd be interesting to experience it. Really? Well, usually I'm have... just like you're, you're doing a terrible thing, and then I just leave. So you haven't had like a close friend or a family member make a bad decision repeatedly that is like sabotaging themselves, but they can't stop. Uh, it's no. like that. No, I, I, I not really. Um, interesting. Huh. Um. Yes, it's like that. So it's like, he, I'm just going to say he has an addiction. Mm -hmm. And he, the, he, it's a movie of, of watching himself sabotage. And it's very uncomfortable. And it's, but it's designed that way. You're supposed to be uncomfortable. Yeah. And um, yeah, that's... Oof. So on to brighter things, things that are a little happier. Uh, Bad Boys for Life. Right. That movie was... There's a thing that happens in it that I did not see coming, which I didn't like. I didn't, I saw you kind of think it's coming, like you feel like it's coming, but then it happens and you're like, no, like it didn't actually happen, right? And then it happened. And I, you know, I was surprised. 
Um, but I think oh, it was period. a good movie overall. Um, then go watch it. Um, I think it was okay. a good movie overall. Um, it, it, there are a lot of callbacks to the, the directing style of um, Michael Bay. Michael Bay has a cameo in the movie. Um, he didn't direct it. Some brothers directed it, but um, it's, it's slightly different than the other two in the directing style, but there are still, there's still like callbacks. Like they pay homage to him. So it's not like a slap in the face. Like they didn't, they didn't rise of Skywalker. <laughs> they didn't go, oh, screw the, uh, the last two movies. Like this is the movie. No, it was more like, hey, this is 20 years later. Here, here's another one. Well, good. So, I'm, I'm glad that they paid homage and they gave um, Michael Bay a cameo. It's like, yeah, these are liked by people. Well, they didn't give him a cameo. He produced it. He, it's not like he had nothing to do with it. He still oh, produced cool. it, but yeah, but yeah, it's they still, they still, they still, they didn't copy. The, the, that's my thing I like about it is that like it's still close to his style, but they didn't copy his style. It's definitely not his style, but it's close enough. That if you were to watch all three Bad Boy movies, you might notice subtle changes, but you're not gonna think like, "What the hell's going on here?" You know. So it's still a better trilogy than the Star Wars sequels, <laughs> which is so sad. But honestly, like, there's even at least if a I like, even if I liked all three um, Star Wars movies, which I liked the first one, didn't like the second one, and I haven't seen the third one because I didn't like the second one. Um, but even if I did, it's still not connected well, so there's that. Bad Boys for Life, by the way, should have been the fourth one. I know everyone makes that joke, but what are you doing? Yeah, four. Well, because for one, it's a play on, you know, the the song that they sing, but also, um, well, there are two things. Yeah, it's it's a play on the song. Um, they didn't know that they were going to do four until this one did really well, and they were like, fuck it, why not? Um, but the reason why they call this one for life is because spoiler alert, um, Michael, uh, Mike dies for a little bit. Oh, but just a little bit. So yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you know, um, you know, they keep saying like, you know, ride or die, you know, we're for life. Well, his character dies, but he comes like he, he gets shot and for a while you don't know if he lives or not. And then he comes back. Oh yeah. And uh, like, but they even mention in in the movie they mention like you died in the on the route to the hospital. Like they brought you back. So technically, he a life has passed. So he did die. Yeah. And that's part of the movie. Like um, part of it is, oh crap, I can't remember the other character. Uh, Martin Lawrence's character was like he he decides to retire, and they um. Is it Marcus? They're thinking about hmm? uh, it. says Marcus. Marcus and Mike? Or Marcus. is that someone else? There we go. Yeah. No, Mark. Yeah, it's Marcus. Um, so Marcus decides to retire, and Mike is like, no, you don't want to retire. So at the very beginning of the movie, um, his grandson is born, and um, Marcus decides to retire because he wants to spend time with his grandson. And Mike's like, you can't give this up. And Mike doesn't want to retire because, you know, Mike wants to do this till he dies. Well, they were one day while they were out, they weren't even on a case. They were just, you know, hanging out and Mike gets shot. And that was when he temporarily died. And um, while Mike was coding, 
Marcus prays and says, if you save his life, I won't commit violence anymore. So then while Mike is in recovery, Mark retires. And so um, that's the beginning. That's how like, that's before any kind of adventure really starts. And it's about the repercussions of that, of Marcus's retirement and Mike getting shot and Mike's past comes back. And honestly, I think the way they handled the past coming back, I, I like the movie, but I think the timeline doesn't work with what they say. Um, I think it would have been better if, because there's something that happens and they exclude Marcus from it. Like something happens in Michael's life and they exclude Marcus from it. And I think it would have worked better if Marcus knew about it. And it was like, oh, this has come back. And they both knew. It was like a secret they both had, as opposed to it's something that Mike kept from Marcus. Because when you go back to like the original Bad Boys, it's like that doesn't, the timeline doesn't add up. They don't, it doesn't work that Mike and Mark didn't know each other during the time that they're talking about. So, yeah. Sounds interesting. Sounds like fun. Is it fun? Uh, is it like, is it, deeper than you expected is it just silly fun is it is it does it stay in its lane it's like we're bad boys movie you guess no 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 yeah it's it's bad boys it stays in its lane but that's the thing like you want bad boys to stay in its lane you don't it, it doesn't need it's not trying to like educate you on anything or teach you anything it's just it is what it is um so i can spoil it if you want because sure, it's kind of weird to okay um, it's it's actually good. Like I, of of all the movies in January, it's probably gonna be the second best. <clears throat> That's the thing. The oh. fact that like the, we're <laughs> we're starting to get great movies in January again, or at least good ones. Good ones, yeah. That's because usually January is where movies die. Um, so the spoiler is he. It turns out he has a son, and his son was the one who shot him. Oh, and um, make family reunion awkward. <laughs> um, but the kid didn't. He didn't know he had a son. He had to figure it out. And the kid didn't know that he was his son. The kid thought he had a different dad. And finally, the mom like it, she admitted it. Um, and the kid. So the kid. Okay, I keep saying kid. The kid is like twenty five years old, oh. or maybe even he's he's an adult. Um. <laughs> But, and so he was supposed to have been conceived back when Mike was undercover and it was before he met Marcus. And I was like, immediately, I was like, wait a minute, didn't he and Marcus go to high school together? Yeah, they did. That's why I'm like, that doesn't fit. It would have been better if Mike and Mark both knew that he had been in love with La Bruja, that she was, she's like a Santeria witch. Um, if they okay. both know about it, yeah, it, she just is. Um, <laughs> if Mike and, and if Mike and Marcus both knew about her, and she was like somebody that he had been in love with in their past, and then they both figured out together that that was his kid, I think that would have been better than it being something that he kept from him, because him keeping it from him is like the only thing that didn't really work. Um, he didn't. I mean, it's not like a big thing, but it's just like. When you do the math on that, like when he was like, oh, before I met you, and I'm like, you guys went to high school together. Like, what are you talking about? Like, like he wasn't a cop before you met him. You were, you met him in high school. Is that something they retconned? 
yeah, like you guys were best friends for all along. Like, so instead of doing the retcon, they could have easily just been like, hey, you remember when we were undercover? And I think it would have worked better that way because it could have been more something to like to strengthen their bond even more. So uh-huh. it would have been like, like you could have had it be so that, okay, so what happened was Mark, um, uh, back in the day, Mike went undercover and he ended up having this, the woman um, arrested and um, she's been in jail this whole time. And how he found out that it was his son was he went back and um, he went through, when he realized it was her, he went back through her prison records and he immediately saw that she had had a child in prison nine months after he locked her up. So that's when he was like, oh, yeah. And she had been, she was married, but her husband was dead. So it was him. (laughs) So, um, so that's when he was like, oh shit, this is my son that was trying to kill me. Um, and so I think it would have been better if at that point he had gone back, like he could go to Mike and, or not to Mike, to Mark and say, Hey, this is, you know, you remember that case? This was her. It would have been better if both of them were undercover together. And if it was Marcus that had to convince Mike to imprison her back in the day. So like, so you would, so then we would have that hanging over us now of like, Oh, She's his soft spot. He almost didn't imprison her. If it weren't for Marcus, she'd be out, you know, he might've run away with her because that was his plan. Their original plan was to run away together. So I think it would have been a stronger case for their relationship as partners if Marcus knew about it and if he was the one to stop him, to convince him to turn her in instead of run away with her. So I think that one little tweak would have made it so much better. Cool. Um, Did you see anything else? I did. I saw The Gentleman. Okay, so tell me about the gentleman. Is it Snatch or Kingsman? Because it wants to look like Kingsman, but also it's not King Snatch. It, he he didn't do Kingsman. There was somebody else. Um, that was he, I think Michael. The, the trailer made it want wanted to look like Kingsman. The trailer may have, but it's not. It's a return to form for Guy Ritchie. Yay. Guy Ritchie is the he is the British gangster like all over the place kind of director and that's what this is this film is a british gangster all over the place film um where like you start the story here then you talk about something else and then you go somewhere else and then you come back to here and then you go back to the first thing then you go back over there and then you go back over there and then by the end it all ties up and you're like oh there it is and it's funny um that's the guy richie film and that's what this is this is a return to form for guy richie uh yeah, this is more in line with Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels and Snatch. This is, it really has nothing to do with The Kingsman. It doesn't feel like The Kingsman at all. It feels, it doesn't feel like a sequel. So it's very, it's different. It's not the same thing at all of Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels or Snatch, but it's the same type of film. Um, his filming format is the same. It's a British gangster film. But there's, there's, like, in all of his films, there's, like, there's British gangsters. Somewhere there's an American. Somewhere there's, like, a Russian or somebody. Like, it's like that, where there's, like, there are different elements going on. Um, and the narrative is kind of, it's being told, but then other stuff is being told. And then more stuff is getting thrown in. And then you find out it all had to do with the same thing. That's, that's the gentleman. <clears throat> that either sounds like a really interesting weaving of like different elements for a narrative or clusterfuck. Yes. <laughs> but, 
I mean, uh, let's face it. Gotti style is the narrative weave clusterfuck. That's what me. he does. And he does that the best, you know? It seems like every, it seems like the clusterfuck, but then in the end, it's all nicely woven into this beautiful tapestry that is the film. And that's, that's what Snatch was. That's what Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels was. And that's what The Gentleman is. Excellent. I can't wait to see it. I've, I've been very excited to see it for a while. Yeah, I can't really get into any of the plot because, for one, it's quite difficult to do. And um, also because it's best if you just watch it. It's, okay. it's one of those, just sit and watch and enjoy. But I will say that it is one that you might want to see twice. Like both of those, Bad Boys for Life and um, The Gentleman. When I left, I was like, I'm probably going to watch this again. Good. But with the gentleman, I was immediately like, "Yeah, I'm gonna see that again." <laughs> That's good. I can't it, wait to see it. it. Yes, the gentleman is a fun adventure. It's a, it's a good time. Um, yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to give away anything because I think it should just be seen. Because it's like it, you know, like how do you explain snatch? Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, look, it's like I, I said. I, a, I could try. Exactly. <laughs> So with, how do you explain Snatch without giving away too much? Hmm. Yeah, go for it. Have fun with that. So the gentleman is very much like that. Like, I can say that Matthew McConaughey is in it. Uh, okay, here's what I can do. I can tell you who's in it and what they are. Okay. So, yeah. Okay, so um, Hugh Grant is in it. Hugh Grant. And, yes, he is, I, I guess, like a tabloid investigator like a british tabloid investigator so like, like he like he's the guy who would find out who the royal family is having sex with like he's that kind of person right mm, okay. um and then there is matthew mcconaughey mm -hmm. who is an american in england who um is a drug dealer He's, uh, he's, he only deals in weed, though. Only weed. He only deals in weed because it's the, least, um, yeah, it's the least harmful. He doesn't like heroin or anything else because, um, because you know, those actually harm. Those drugs can kill. If you overdose on something like heroin or cocaine, you can kill yourself. But, like, nobody's going to overdose on marijuana. So he only deals in marijuana. Um, and then there is... Um, uh, oh, what's his name? Um, Charlie Hunnam, who okay. is disturbingly hot, even though he's got like this full weirded out beard. Like I'm, I'm kind of weirded out by it, but I kind of also really like it. Um, <laughs> and he, but he's just, I think it's just that he's very reserved. He's like that person where nothing gets to him. And when things get to him, it just kind of seems like, uh, you're gonna make me do this like that's the kind of attitude he has like when other people would like lose their shit he would just be like this is so inconvenient <laughs> i no, love I can that see it. he's the I got, definition I got pictures of um of charlie had up i'm like yeah i see it yeah he's he's very chill in this movie um and he works for matthew mcconaughey um there's um jeremy strong who that sounds like a fake name no um he's he plays a character that is very rich and is a player in all of this the best way i can say it okay <laughs> um, fair enough and then 
Yeah. Um, He's a bankroller. Yeah. And then, um, are you looking this up? Uh, no. I like okay. to see uh, you struggle. Uh, no, I'm saying, I was going to say, like, don't look it up because they'll end up telling you the whole thing and then it'll ruin it. Um, oh, then there, there's uh, Henry Golding, who's fun. Um, and he is, he works for a guy named um, King George, who is another drug dealer, but he deals in all of the drugs. So, then who else? Um, there are other people, there are other players, but they're not like well-known actors. Um, and if there are other well-known actors, they're not, they don't have big roles. So those are like the, the key players in the whole situation. Okay, so it's like a drug war. Kind of. The bad guy is uh, dealing the um, bad drugs and he's dealing weed. No. Okay. No, not at all. Okay. Not, no. <laughs> so if that's what you think, yeah, if that's what you think of like a drug war, no. It does involve drug, uh, they're not really dealers, they're more like the kingpins. So it, it involves drug kingpins, but no, it's not a drug war in that sense. So that's the best way to put it. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I really so want to see it. I'm, I'm very excited to see it. Uh, I'm really glad that he's back on form. Awesome. I, I've seen Any a movies that you've seen lately? Uh, a few. Um, I saw George Lucas's first movie, which is really okay. interesting. Um, his first movie is called uh, Look at Life in 1965. He made it uh, when he was at film school. And the assignment was um, to get a series of shots, like zoom in, pan, etc. Pan up, pan left, pan right, that stuff. And he's like, okay, I could do that. Or since I'm George Lucas, I can be very extra and push, the, uh, push technology forward. And so he did that thing I said. And um, so he made this film, which was meant to be a simple, like, look how the camera works project. And he made, um, he made a collage of photos from, um, from stuff that was happening in the news that people around campus, his campus were talking about uh, back in 65. And he made that and he added music back when that wasn't easy. And so he added music and dialogue based on images and those quick cuts. And so he had to precisely cut music together to match it. And it's, it's really interesting. That's like a minute. Um, it covers all the political stuff that was happening in 65. Uh, and it's, it's really interesting to watch with the, notion, with the context of George Lucas's first movie and not easy to do. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, it only goes for a minute. It's on YouTube. Go check it out. But would you like me to talk about the best movie I saw this week or the worst one? Both. First. Okay. Let's go for... So, Interview with the Vampire. One of my favorite movies. It's great. Uh, Tom Cruise oh, is being his Tom Cruise-iness. And there was a sequel that came out in 2002. And who gives a fuck? Uh, it's Queen of the Damned. It's boring as sin. I hate it so much. It's so dull. It's so boring. I hate it so much because, like, you got Tom Cruise being Tom Cruisiness, and and you now now in 2002 you got this jackoff who's like, oh, I'm I'm a goth and emo. And we're trying to appeal it's to not emos. Bad. It's it's it's, it's just like, it's, 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 I have skipped the 80s. 
and just going straight to 2002, because as we all know, 2002, grunge rock music will be around forever and everyone will like it. And there's no way that everyone is currently making fun of this music. It'll change the world. This movie seems to be behind its time and like everything's happening and then nothing's happening. Like in this one, in this movie, Queen of the Damned, Lestat, after hearing the awesome music that was early 2000s rock and roll, comes back from the back from his coffin. He skipped the 80s because fuck the 80s. Uh, he came out of his coffin and he started a rock band using early 2000s music to try and control people. And, it's, and he became a stupid emo kid. And there's a side plot with the Queen of Vampires coming. That sounds amazing, doesn't it? It's not. <laughs> it's not nearly as bad as you keep making it out to me. It's, not, it's just I, so average. It's so average. It's, like, there's a... There's a diagram, and like I like really shit movies and really good movies, and there's a bit in the middle where it's just like boring, and I hate boring. Yeah, well, okay. So to me, this movie wasn't. It was okay. So I first of all, I haven't seen this movie in a while because you know why would I watch it instantly? Um, no, I've seen I've seen it several times. I just haven't okay. seen it in a while. That's why, like, because I've seen it so many times, that's why I'm like, it's not terrible. You're making it out to be, like, the worst movie ever. It's not that bad. It's just, you, here's the thing. You have the expectation of it being, like, Interview with the Vampire 2. And that it's not that at all. It should be, considering that it's a sequel. It's not really, see, that's why I said, like, I, it's not really a sequel. It is a sequel, but it's not a sequel. It is a sequel in that, like, yeah, this is Lestat several years later, but it's not a sequel in, like, like, Bad Boys 1, Bad Boys 2. No, that's, those are direct sequels. Like, these are the same characters, same situation, different thing happened, you know, different things happen. No, (laughs) this is literally just, the same character shows up and some other stuff happens. Uh-huh. It's not it's a boring, direct though. sequel. It's, it's not. Yeah, th- that's why I was like, don't look at it as a direct sequel because I know you. You liked all the like pseudo gay like things that were happening in yeah. Interview with the Vampire. And you were like, none of that happened in this one. I'm like, I know. That's why I said it's not a sequel. I tried to tell it's you just, that. And it's you were just like, so boring, though. It's, it's boring. And the music's bad because it's the early 2000s grunge rock. No one liked that ever. Not even the people doing it. Really? Was, because was, I actually like, liked the music. Oh, God. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. What? You should, you should have better taste. It's so... Just to, okay, first of all... So boring and lame. It's not, it's not that boring. And it's not... Okay, it's mildly lame, but it's not entirely lame. And Chester Bennington is on the soundtrack to that music. It's not terrible music. You music. are just a post-emo millennial child. I don't like Because you were an embryo when the movie came out originally. So now you're like 20 years later watching it like, eh, I don't like it. But, but I saw it. I've seen I'm Interview with Vampire, which came out first, and that movie doesn't suck. It's yes. Again, it's just because it has so all kinds of gay vampires, and you just loved it. I did, but also yes. the, 
it's boring. It's still boring. Oh. He just he he's, you can't, he just you know what's boring? Like, you say it's boring. Have you read the book? Boring. Have you have you I, read the book? Uh, the Vampire Lestat or Queen of the Damned? I have not, but I tried to read Anne Rice's book. Um, she redid Cinderella, and I just I couldn't finish it. And that's saying something because I usually finish every book that I start, like movies, like books and movies. When I when I get going, I go all the way to the end. But I couldn't go to the end with the Vampire Lestat with um with the, the what was it? No, it wasn't Cinderella. It was a bunch of fairy tales. It was Sleeping Beauty. Yeah. And basically turned the tale of Sleeping Beauty into a weird erotic rape fest. And I was just like, no, don't, don't, no. It's it's really weird. Um, The Queen of the Damned is about the very first vampire... Oh, and um, the vampire Lestat is about is basically Lestat's point of view of interview with the vampire because um, Louis published that book. The interview got published in a book or something, and so Lestat's like, "Hey, this is my side of the story," and he did that. And so wait, that the was in, book it was interview with the vampire is about yeah. Lestat's side. Uh, yeah, and then you have Queen of the Damned, which is about the origins of. Um, Vampires Vampire. using the yeah. using uh the first vampire who's the queen. He, she uh was in ancient Egypt. All that stuff's very interesting. And then there's like a like a front and back part that covers like I'd want to say less than a percent of the book, uh, where he also has a rock band. And they're like, what if we use that part for our movie instead of all of this interesting stuff? Anyway, it's not interesting. <laughs> The interesting stuff was in there too. You're just glossing over it. So did it was the movie. This, <laughs> no, they did like the little, like the infographic thing where they like showed you the history of like when. Yeah. Um, that would have. You know Peter what that would have done. Devoured that made, everybody. Yeah, that would have made a great movie. Wish they did that <laughs> instead of this dumb rock shit. They, okay, you keep saying that, but the rock stuff was like 10 minutes of the movie. It's not like it was the whole movie. It's all of the movie. <laughs> all the movie is them going around the, uh, in the oh. rock thing. And then, and then the queen comes back and she does that cool thing where she makes people explode. That was awesome. And that was like 10 minutes it's, and the rest of them was like, ooh, it's I'm not, sad, I'm a sad so, vampire. So I'm a sad vampire, that's all sad and shit. Oh my gosh. Exactly. <laughs> the, the rock part was like 10 minutes of the whole movie. It felt and nine hours it, long. It, it's not anywhere near that bad. <laughs> but aren't you happy that Lestat's not alone now? He's got the girl? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you got the girl. Cool. What the fuck's Louie? Louie's around? <laughs> Give me Louie. Louie died in the last one. No, he didn't. Oh, Louis! I thought you said Louis. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Louis's not going to go back to Louis and Lestat aren't going to get back together. There's absolutely no way they're going to get back together. That was a toxic relationship. You shouldn't have been. You shouldn't have had that kid. That kids don't save terrible relationships. It's a bad idea. You should have dated um 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 what the fuck's his name? Antonio Banderas's character. Yeah, you should have dated. Yeah, you should have dated Antonio Banderas instead. Uh, Tom. Lestat was terrible for Louis. Yeah. It was, it was just a bad time. That's not a great okay, relationship. Okay, so then, Get out of it. then you should be happy with this one because not only did they stop the queen 
But Lestat also, because remember for a minute, like Lestat was going to be with the queen and they were going to just murder everybody. Um, but oh, not only this, did he not fall for it. Well, he did, but then, you know, he didn't. Um, mm. No, they're not, you know, kill everybody. But also now he has a girlfriend. Oh, so yay. the ending oh, for Louis. Name for is. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Cool. Um, it doesn't matter. So that's what um, I'm saying. Like the movie wasn't nearly as bad as you're making it out to be. Well, yeah, it's not that bad. It's just boring, and I hate boring. It's not that boring. You're boring. It's not boring. It's you're boring. just um, you're just a child who doesn't understand music. That's what it is. Because the music, because you keep saying the music was terrible, and I liked the music. I I saw, heard the music, and I'm like, I can't be the only one that um that hated this music. So I, I searched out uh, early 2000s music and someone was reviewing this style of music and he's like, yeah, it was dying off. No one really liked it. And um, back in 2002, everyone was making fun of it. So I guess you just have terrible taste in music. I saw a good movies though. You want to talk about that? Oh, you think I'm just going to let you get away with saying that I have terrible taste in music? I certainly hope so. No, no. Not, not really. No, no, no. See, again, you were a zygote at the time, so your taste in music doesn't really count because you weren't even around. Yeah, but I like um, 80s music most. Uh, okay, what's your, what was the other movie? I saw, By the way, um, Queen of the that bad. It's just not I, what he was it's expecting. It's not that good either. Um, I was expecting something good. Uh, so I saw No Country for Old Men. You know, I haven't seen this movie. Mainly I mean, because I don't want to. This movie's phenomenal. <laughs> it's so I fucking good. I'm not a fan of westerns, and it just oh, it this, looks boring. Don't this care. is a western. It's not boring. Do you know what is boring, Queen of the Damned? No Country for Old Men is great. It, We're going to do this for days. No, it's no not country, boring. No Country for Old Men is great. The main villain in the movie is terrifying. There's long stretches without dialogue. And it just, it moves. It, you're going to sit here and tell me there are long stretches paced. without dialogue. That shit's not boring? Yeah. Yeah, because when they say yeah. stuff, it's interesting. And we have, yeah. we have this entire setup where, this, uh, where this, the villain and the cop don't know about each other uh, until like the third act. And the first two acts are, is this sheriff that's, um, that's old because it's no country for men, so he's old now. Um, and he's like, I can't handle like the new type of um, evil that's in the world. And we see the new type of evil that's in the world, which is a serial killer that uses a fucking um, cow slaughter gun in order to murder people. And he has a coin, and he, and he, if you annoy him, he tells you to call heads or tails. If you're not his direct target, he will get, he'll let you live if so you call it right. So he's looking dead. Yeah, it, no, but it's so terrifying. Yeah, it's uh -huh. terrifying. It's so somewhat, what you're is someone was watching The Adventures of Batman and they saw an episode. You haven't Harvey even Dead. seen it. What if you I made this, this movie. movie with old white guys? You haven't and seen it. Western and you everybody will it. love it except for you Jackie because it. she'll see through my bullshit. That's you, what ha happened. you haven't seen it. And I'm not going to because it sounds boring. It's really not, though. Unless, like, you have no patience yeah. and you prefer, Miner's like... Queen of the Day. It's so, so bad. Um, 
it really isn't. For old men is great. I gave it five stars. It's great. Uh, Jack uh, doesn't know what she's talking about because she hasn't seen it. Okay, cool. The movie you did awesome. see is um, Don't Fuck With Cats. Oh, for fuck's sake. We're going to talk about this? Yeah, we have to talk about this. It's the most interesting movie I've seen all week. But why? And that, you just talked about No Country for Old Men. You gave it five damn stars, which means it's not the most interesting movie, which means I was right. Fucking boring. It's great. Uh, Don't Fuck With Cats mm-hmm. is um, about this, this. Oh, God. Let's spoil it. Here's the thing. You can't really talk about this. About this, It's on Netflix. You can't talk about it without spoiling it. So just fuck it. No spoil. Like spoilers. Go for yeah. it. Yeah, Just thank you. Okay, time. so fuck it, spoilers. It's on Netflix. It's worth watching. It's great. It breezes past. It's one of the most uh, well-made documentaries. It just it just flies by. It's so good. And they build up the narrative so that it has surprises and twists and turns. And uh, the final reveal is great. So don't fuck with cats. This guy on, uh, not Facebook. It looks like Facebook, but it wasn't Facebook. It was, um, it was Facebook. The group is on Facebook, but the videos are somewhere yeah. else. Oh, no. The videos started on the dark web. And then someone brought the videos from the dark web to – they brought their attention to um, to a forum that they were in. And then they started a forum on Facebook to catch it. Yeah. So this is about people on Facebook tracking down a cat killer because, they, because they're convinced that he's going to end up killing someone, which he totally does. Yeah, so the reason why it's called You Don't Fuck With Cats is because there's a rule on the internet. You can do anything. On the dark web, you can literally do anything. But the one thing that people take solace in is their stupid-ass cat videos. So you don't fuck with cats. That's the one rule of the internet is you don't fuck with cats. And this guy decided to upload a video. He thought it would be funny of him killing cats in a well he suffocates them in a bag um like you know the travel bag that you put your stuff in or like the the packing bags he puts cats in the bags and like vacuums out the air and they suffocate and die yeah it's a vacuum sealed um, bag it's it's horrible uh i i i hate how many dead cats i saw they don't show them actually killing cats but they show dead cats yeah but they don't show him doing it they they don't so all of the things that he does in the series they don't actually show the video of him doing it um they just describe it and they might show like an image from the end but they don't show like the full video you don't watch him do it you just see that he's done it um and so when people saw this they were like wtf no, we got to get this guy because what if he moves up? Because, you know, the law of serial killers, they start by torturing animals and then they move on to people. Um, And so they were like, yeah, you don't fuck with cats. So this this group was created to try to hunt this dude down. Okay, let me just say, these people are better than the cops. This forum of people, they figured out that he was from Canada – they figured out, like, they, just from looking at things, to, so the, the video is just a room. It's just, it's a single, um, it's a single frame. There's no, like, it doesn't move around. It's just him. It's like uh, the camera starts. I think he's filmed it with a cell phone. He, like, turned his cell phone on, and then he goes in front of the camera and does it. 
And just from the things that they saw in that room, they figured out who, like, they pinned it down and were like, he's on this street, and da 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 It was crazy. It was, it was amazing, it's amazing how like, good they are at um, figuring this shit out. Yeah, and they led uh, and they led you through the investigation so that you felt a part of it. This is fantastically made. That you yeah, got led through the investigation so much that you are a part of it, and it's incredible. What's crazy is they had all that footage, you know, like um, they and I own. Okay, so I personally think that um, in the second part when they were talking about because it, it's a three part, it's kind of like a mini series. Uh, yeah. Um, and the first part you're thinking, oh, this is some shit, right? And then you're like, well, what could possibly be next? And then you find out, and you're like, oh, damn. Mm-hmm. And then, like in the like each part, you're like, oh, 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 it's crazy. Like the whole thing is crazy. Um, and so I'm pretty sure that what happened was he is such a narcissist, and he thought himself invincible. And let's be fair, if it weren't for these people, he would have gotten away with it. Um, um, he let them know who okay, he was. So, so here's the thing, though. Um, the police were investigating uh, him when he started killing people, and they ignored the cat, th- the cat torture because they're idiots. Um, but, they, but when they started investigating, they didn't really turn to the Facebook group until, like, uh, a few weeks into their investigation. And my question is how much of their investigation led to help the police's investigation and led to the conviction? It was, it, it was everything. Cause remember, okay. So when they were talking about, okay. So, so first to go back, um, they figured out where he was, but they kept coming, hitting like dead ends to find out who he was. They pinned it down to like, he's from Canada. He's from this area of Canada. He's from, you know, most likely in this street kind of thing. And, but they couldn't pin down his name. And then someone told them, you're looking for this guy. And they gave him a name. And I think it was him. It, all the evidence points to it was him because he's such a narcissist. It was so him that sent the message? I, yeah. So that's... Yeah. Um, so then weird. they start investigating. And then they tell the police in Canada, hey... This guy has, oh, then he does another one. He kills, this time he kills a dog. Um, and they're like, yo, he's going to go, like, he's going to, he keeps moving up. He's going to kill a person. And then he, um, I think he even puts out a thing saying he's going to kill a person. Mm-hmm. And then he does. And um, the group gives all of their information to the police in Canada. And there's one person who, like, under, he goes through all of their evidence and he's like, okay okay, these guys, you know, they're, they're a little touched, but okay, I think they're, they're correct. But then he goes on vacation when the video of the murder comes out. So he's not there to get the information. And so they're sending the stuff like crazy, like, hey, we have his name. We know who it is. By the way, he's now killed a person. And they're sending all of this to the Canadian police but he's but the Canadian police are ignoring it because the one guy that they are contacting is like on vacation for a couple of weeks, and then when he comes back, he's like, "Oh shit!" By then, homeboy's already gone. He's gone. He's moved to France, and so um, so I think it was everything that they gave them because when you talk when they talk to the actual Canadian police that was handling the murder, 
because where he killed somebody, like they found the, you know, they found the, the body parts in the garbage and she wasn't made aware of the information from the Facebook group that had done all of this because they knew the guy's name already. And they were like, this is his name. This is where he used to live. And um, they try and, but they weren't able to get in touch with them until after the one guy comes back from vacation, he finds all the information. And then he tracks down the, um, the case for the guy who was killed. And he, and by the time the two of them get together, homeboy's already in France. Well, they say, um, well, when, as soon as he gets on the airport, they lose him and they don't know. They're like, okay, we don't know where he's going. Then the Facebook group gets her, gets a hold of like, Oh, he took off. Where is he going to go? And they come through his past. Or they come through all the videos and everything. And they were like, he went to France. So then they, they tell the Canadian authorities, all of these people are like, they're from all over, but most of them are from the U S and they're telling these Canadian police, like, Hey, he went to Paris. So then they tell the Paris police and the Paris police are on the lookout. They find him, but then they lose him. So this now the insane. Paris police, even I know, recapping it is like, it, I can't believe that this happened. It's the only good thing that has ever happened on Facebook. So then, so when the, the Paris police lose him and, um, and then the forum gets on it again and the forum is like, okay, where would he go? Blah, blah, blah. And they find out they're like, okay, we think he's going to go somewhere in Germany. This is crazy because they're just like combing through his shit, trying to find him, And they're right. They are accurate on where he, on who he is and where he's going and what he's going to do next. And the police, meanwhile, are just like, I don't know. Where did he go? Is he over there? He's not here anymore. I can't find him. And so this Facebook group is like, oh, there's a hair on the rug. That rug is Persian. He's in France. And it's like, what? <laughs> I like, like how they crazy. figured out that he, would, that he was in North America or uh, North America and Canada, whatever. He, they figured out he was in, okay, so they, they figured, figured out that he was in North America because of a fucking vacuum cleaner. Yes. I'm and like, then they were the able yeah, because of a vacuum cleaner, they found that he was in North America, and then they narrowed it down to Canada because they looked at all of his pictures. Once mm -hmm. he said, once he said, like, I think it's this guy, they looked at the pictures, and they were like, ah, that building right there across the street, that's in Canada. So then they knew, like, okay, this is the part of Canada he's from, and they were right. And then they started looking at other pictures. They combed through thousands of pictures, and they were like, he's on this street. And again, they were right. They have the address. They figured this out his address. The, this is the most publicity, positive publicity uh, Facebook has gotten in about a, <laughs> 10 years. <laughs> I know, it's crazy. And so um, I think the forum was posting online. And then, um, yeah, the forum, no, the forum figured out that he would be in Germany. And then the German police released his picture. And he went to, the, to an internet cafe. And while oh, he, yeah, when he went, that's how he got caught because he's the dumbass. That's how he got, yeah. As he, he just walked into the internet cafe, and when he walked in, it had just been on the news. They showed his picture, and the reason why they knew he was in Germany was because the Facebook group were like, "Now he's over there." And so basically, the cops are just like, "Oh, I don't know what's happening." And then the Facebook group's like, "He's right there." And it's kind yeah, of like if you're this, um, and then he looked at uh, what's the name of the like the the group that releases uh, wanted posters and stuff there's a there's a name for that oh you're uh, interpol yeah interpol um yeah they they release it and he logs on to the that website and he looks at his wanted poster in a public he looks at a cafe picture. because he's a moron 
that's why he went to the internet cafe yeah yeah and the owner of the cafe just was like hey i'm just doing the trash and it's all called that's you all right cool bye then he just leaves and then he's like hey is he here yeah so that that's the thing that's cool is like because, I mean, he's obviously, like, he's a murderer. He's killed, you know, he's, the reason why he's, his face is all over the place is because by now they know he killed this guy. And, um, and the guy, the cool thing was the way the guy, like, kept cool under pressure. Like, he saw his face on TV saying he's wanted for murder and he's an international criminal. And then he sees the guy walk in. He knows for a fact it's him. And he's just like, yeah, sure, let me hook you up with an internet connection. Okay, I'm going to take the trash out. And he like takes the trash out, walks outside, calls the police. Like, come here now! Oh no, he doesn't <laughs> call them. Goes, he waves them down. There was just a there was a car passing by. He's like, "Hey, there's murder in here!" Yep. <laughs> exactly. He ordered decaf. And then here's the thing. Well, it was an internet cafe, not a cafe cafe. And then here's the thing. I don't thing know what that an internet cafe is. I assume it's internet and coffee. Oh, it's a it's like a it's an open place where you can go and so back before, I, I don't know if there are any anymore but um in the early like 2000s there are places where you can go and just like rent to get on the internet there are computers set up like a computer bunch of different computer stations and you just like rent the ability to go online so you can like check your email and do whatever you got to do That's it's for back, yeah back before the internet was on your com- on your phone and before everybody had a computer that way you could get on the computer like easily um so because this happened like what 2008 or, t- or like 2005 2004 or something like that um it happened over so the course of i think three or four years yeah but it was like mid 2000s yeah so um so the thing is, like, the guy, like, plays, he just plays it off, and he goes back to doing his job, and then the crazy thing is they show the footage of the German SWAT team coming in, and it's, like, 45 dudes just, like, all for one guy, and they easily take him. I mean, it was crazy. They just keep piling in. It's, like, boom, boom, like, 12 after 12. They just keep going. It's crazy. And there's, um, and his mother's in the documentary. She's and- crazy. Don't even... On that crazy ass. We, we have She's to crazy. talk about his mother. She's insane. Um, she so there's a bit in the documentary where where uh, he's, he says, "Oh, it wasn't me. It was uh, this other guy who did it." And or came up with, I, I forget what the name was. He cuts Miguel Miguel something. Um, he says that it, he doesn't say that it's not him. He said that he was forced to do it by Miguel. And his mom was like, "Well, yeah, duh." I'm just, oh, God, like, she's, ugh. I can't talk about her crazy ass, because she is, like, if you ever, you ever see, like, serial killers, and you think, what were their parents like? And then you always find out, like, they were abused, something like that. Like, when you, when you look at this woman, and you see, not look at her, but, like, when you hear her denial, and you hear, basically, the mental issues that she has, you're like, I can clearly see where he came from. I can see it's clear as day how he became the way he is. I appreciate that um, the that the documentary had this one had this like who's the other guy, and then they just say it's a guy from a movie because he's obsessed with movies. It's this guy from this movie. You see his lawyer. Lawyer looks exactly like this actor. That's the reason. You're welcome. Go away. Yeah, the actor was Michael Douglas. And so okay, so at the end of the whole documentary. They start to make you think like 
like you you've at this point like he's taken in and you're like okay this is it right they caught him yay he goes to jail but then they start doing this interview with the lawyer and the lawyer is like well you know before any of this happened before the first cat video even went out he um had a visit from this guy and he was like yeah um i have i have this client because he was a a male prostitute and he went in to meet with him and the guy was and he told the guy that um he had been beaten up by a very prominent client and he was afraid for his life and he is a small guy so he made himself seem like he was abused he made himself seem very battered and beaten up to the point where like this guy is a lawyer and he believed it I mean, it sounds believable. I mean, nothing happened. He didn't, I mean, he said that he he was forced to have sex with animals. And I'm like, you definitely had sex with your cat. Fuck you. Yeah. And then he said that this guy was forced to do horrible things. And again, this was like before the first cat video came out. And then he um, tells his mother that he did the cat video, that he was forced to do the cat video by this one guy, Miguel, who, I think it was Miguel, I want to say Miguel, um, who sure. was making him do all of these horrible things, and he made him do the cat video, and he said if he didn't do the cat video, then he was going to either kill him or his mom or do all of these horrible, horrible things, so he had to do it, and then, and so, and he told his mom about it, and his mom was like, well, you didn't have a choice, and nobody thought to call the police, he went and talked to a lawyer. And, um, and the lawyer was like, we'll call the police. And he was like, no, I can't do it. I just want you to know that if anything happens to me, like, it's this guy, it's not me, blah, blah, blah. And so for a minute, he's a sociopath. Have you he was, yeah. He was so planning his, moment, um, was planning his he was planning, year in advance. Yes. Before he even committed oh, the first crime, he was planning his defense. And so, but for a minute, the way it's filmed for a minute, you're thinking, you not for a moment do you think it's not him that did it, but you're thinking, is there someone else? Did someone I was thinking, else like? I was thinking that it would be like a code name uh, for someone else, and then when it's revealed that no, it's the character from Basic Instinct. He looks exactly like Michael Caine. The look of of uh, sadness and disappointment and um, regret on the lawyer's face when um, yeah. he realized that it, that he was picked specifically because he looked like Michael Caine. Michael Douglas. Michael Douglas is just, yeah. he's, he's just looks so sad. Um, well, the, that's the thing. Like the first thing he says is when, um, <clears throat> when the guy, well, I think his name is Luca. When Luca comes in and he talk, he looks at him, he's like, you look like Michael Douglas. That's the very first thing he says to him. And then they talk. And at the end he keeps, you know, bringing up Michael Douglas and he was like, okay, whatever. And then at the end, it's revealed that, oh, and then, by the way, can I just say, the freaking, the Canadian police, because um, after he's taken in by the German, he's caught in Germany, and they immediately put him on a plane and take him to Canada. They extradite him, like, back. And he and no, is... No airline, by the way, no airline wanted to be associated with this guy. So they had, yes. like, the, the military plane. Yeah. Um... And can I just say that for a guy who actually killed someone, they treated him like with like first class. Like they, he wasn't at no point was he wrestled to the ground. Nobody ever put a gun to his head. 
nobody like in the u.s don't even, don't even i'm not even gonna get started on it but he was I mean, just treated very well for a guy who actually murdered someone and then when they go to so they already know that he did it because they have the evidence and between the evidence that the police had already collected and then all of the evidence that the facebook group gave them they were like oh no it was you 100 percent, it was you and oh and also they had um like for the murder they had when the facebook group told them it was him they went back and looked at the footage and they saw an image of him on video and the idiot as he was this he was so he had cut up the body and put it in different bags and as he was throwing away the bags he kept stopping to look at himself in the mirror and like mess with his hair god what a fucking that's narcissist. what got him caught because he's such a narcissist that every time he stopped and looked in the mirror like the camera could pick it up and they were like no that's you so um and they saw him walk in the guy who didn't walk back out and then when he walked out he was wearing that guy's the the guy when the guy that was um the guy that was found dead he was wearing a different shirt i think he put on his shirt to kill him in yeah, the video he and he walked out and with he was yeah and, so um, and it was the shirt the guy was wearing and of course you know through looking at himself in the mirror they could see like yeah this is this is you so they already had him on that. They didn't even really need a confession, but they wanted to find out why. And they were being so nice to him. They were like, are, are you okay? He's like, I'm cold. And then he's like, can I smoke? And I'm like, are you fucking getting Like, you need to be tried in U.S. And then like, let's put you under the jail. You can give a damn if you're cold. Yeah. They were so nice to him. I was like, oh, this Canada is, is trained to, um, to be nice and kill them with kindness. I mean, it worked. <sighs> whatever no it didn't because they you know how they found them because the americans in the forum that were like hey it's this guy because canada let him get on a plane anyway uh, <laughs> yeah but like I, we can get into that politics if we want to but we have a minute left so any last thoughts on this movie um so yeah at the very end it was revealed that um the whole defense like the, very, the end of the movie makes you think that like maybe somebody was somebody else was in on it and then the people in the forum had one last trick they were like no 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 the movie the movie poster and they realized that this whole thing was because he was obsessed with the movie basic instinct and everything right up to everything every moment that he did in the interrogation even to him crossing his legs and smoking a cigarette was him mimicking basic instinct uh, it's so fucked it's it also really like surprisingly easy to watch like i watched like all three parts in one day and i only felt um sad a lot of the time but like <laughs> it was still easy to watch it, it is because like i think every single person like you sit down and you're like what's this and as you're watching uh, if you find that if you know that there are three parts you're like okay i'll just watch one Everybody I know sat through the whole thing in one shot because yeah, you just it, you're kind it's of shockingly happens. easy to watch for um, a movie that's about a serial killer that also kills cats. I mean, one of those is going to get you, but the the fact that you can watch all of it in one sitting, even though they're like an hour each, so it's three hours, and the whole thing, it, it's just oh god. Uh, yeah. Also, we're going to make it so that it's like one segment. We're going to we're going to plan to talk about it for like ten minutes so that we can um, so that I can cover it uh, without having to go through like individual movies. 
I think I can go through individual movies when there's actual movies. Yeah, I was going to say, I think it'll be easier once you've seen full-length movies and not be one-minute things. Uh-huh. Um, okay, so the person... The yeah, the person that I'm going to assign for you should be fairly easy for you to get a box set. It's going to be Elizabeth Taylor. Instead of, instead of doing 30, I'm going to do... I'm, I basically want to do the box sets because I tracking down stuff is hard. But if there's any that you think I need to watch, uh, if I can find them, I'll watch them. Well, for Elizabeth Taylor, the ones that I would definitely say are in that box set, Cat on a Hot Tin Roof, Who's Afraid of a Virginia Wolf, uh, Father of the Bride. Um, she did another one. Uh, what was it called? Something of Beauty. The one with the horse. I can't remember the name of it. Black um, Beauty? Yes, Black Beauty. Um, okay, so those are... Those are the good ones to start with for Elizabeth Taylor. And then um, if you, so start with those and then we can say, we can either look for more Elizabeth Taylor or we can go from Elizabeth Taylor, do count on the hot tin roof last, because then you're going to segue into Paul Newman. Cool. Excellent. He's one of my favorite actors. I can't wait. I'll find his box set, I promise. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, so your homework for February is Elizabeth Taylor. Excellent. Nifty. All right, cool. All right. This has been Cinematic Adventure Podcast. I'm JP. I'm Daniel. Sorry for the cost of fuck. <laughs> Catch you on the flip side. Bye.